Welcome to the Faith is a Verb podcast, formerly known as the Back to Basics Bible Corner. Tracy, Amy, and Amanda here, and digging into scripture together is our favorite thing to do, because simply reading the Bible isn't enough for us. We want to actually study His Word. We have created this podcast as a means to study together with all of you, so we would be over the moon excited to have conversation with you in the comments here. Without further ado, let's go chew on some scripture together. Good morning, guys, and welcome back to the Faith is a Verb podcast. I'm going to be very real and transparent and honest with you right now. Uh, It is currently 4.11 in the morning where I am at. (laughs) We are doing a very early morning recording right now because, like we've said a bunch of different times, in order for our schedules to all line up, sometimes that's what we have to do. So that being said, you're going to hear the 4 a.m. morning sounds of my home. You're going to hear the coffee pot. You're going to hear my cat begging me for treats. You're going to hear my dog chewing on things. Um, And at some point in this, I'm going to have to make somebody's lunch. (laughs) I'm in the middle of recording this. So just wanted to give you guys the heads up on that. Um, It is what it is. This is we we have to find those little moments whenever we can spend time in his word and we can let his let his instruction fill our heart and shape our actions and change the way that we move and that is perfect for the topic that we're doing today because we are talking all about how we find joy in a fallen world how we let all of the hard parts of life shape us and still be able to seek out that joy so the main main scripture that we're going to be working with today is going to be Romans chapter 5 verse 3 through 5 but you know how I roll I'm going to be reading a bunch of different things (laughs) we're going to start off though um, with a word of prayer like always because we want to make sure that we are asking for his discernment and his wisdom before we are studying his word so everybody close your eyes bow your heads Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you bless us today with your presence during this study let us feel you sitting right here next to us giving us a good pat on the shoulder, letting us know that we are doing exactly what it is you have asked us to do. Fill us all with the spirit of discernment and wisdom so that we can understand what your word is saying, but not only that, so that we can apply it to our life. We know that that is the most important step, not just reading and learning what it is that you want us to do, but then actually being able to do it. I ask that you give everybody ears to hear and eyes to see as we are moving through this study today. Let every word that comes out of our mouth be from you bind our lips if we are starting to speak on something that is not in alignment with what you have for us to speak on today. Let us be filled with your Ruach HaKodesh the entire time that we are together today. I ask that you place a hedge of protection around each and every one of us, as well as all of our listeners today. Let us all be blessed today, blessed to walk into your world full of joy and shining your light, your love, your grace, and your mercy on everyone that we encounter. And Yeshua's mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. There goes the puppy playing with the husband. So <laughs> you're going to hear a lot of really weird background noise today. I'm very sorry. Um, so I'm I'm reading in the Bible that I've been reading out of, the one that Amanda got me. So, you know, it has that cool section where it has the, the context or a little message in the front of it. So I thought the, the message at the beginning of Romans was amazing. So again, I'm going to go ahead and read that. The prisoner clings to the bars of his cell, dreaming of freedom. There is no question in his mind that he is guilty of the crimes that brought him here. If only he could be free. He could surrender his life to God and spend the rest of his days serving him. But it is all a dream. How could it ever happen? 
Then in the midst of his dreams, a guard appears with another man. You are freed, the guard tells him. Someone else will serve your time in prison. You may go. Like, is it, how, how, how insane would that be? That's, that's exactly what Yeshua did for us, right? Like, yeah, shows up and it's like, somebody else is going to pay the price. You're free to go. Go ahead. We're going to lock somebody else up for you. That's exactly what happened. Um, hang on. My vacuum is going off. Honey, can you please turn off the vacuum? <laughs> oh, hang on. I'm going to go turn it off. One second. Sorry, I didn't know where you were. Otherwise, I would have kept talking because I walked away to grab my Bible because I left it in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens whenever you're recording at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so pardon that little moment of silence, guys. I promise you it would it was way better than if my vacuum would have been over here screaming at us while I was trying to record. Um, anyway, so that's what, that's what Yeshua is for us, right? He's the one that is serving the time that we're supposed to serve. Another prisoner clings to the bars of a different cell. This time, this prison is one of that person's own making. Anger, alcoholism, enslavement to pornography, or something as seemingly innocuous as gossip. Whatever the habit or addiction or dependency, it captivates and imprisons this person as surely as if it were a prison cell. This person longs to be free, but who can free us from that kind of imprisonment? Who can free us from the prison cell of sin itself? The answer to that, Paul says in Romans, is Yeshua. Paul starts Romans with a dark picture of pagan people who revel in wickedness and are under Yah's condemnation. Moral people agree they should all be condemned. Then Paul drops a bombshell. You who wanted the heathen condemned have condemned yourselves for you too, Gentile or Jew, have failed to live up to Yah's standards. All have sinned. Every person deserves Yah's judgment. But then comes the good news. Yeshua died in our place. He accepted the punishment that we deserved. Now we can be free from the condemnation that sin brings. If we choose to be. If we choose to be. That's the part right there. That's the, that's the verb. Faith is a verb. That's the verb. You have to choose it. You have to choose it and you have to walk it out and you have to do the thing. Um, where was I? Oh, God. Paul tells of the terrible struggle within us as we wrestle with that choice. He tells about his own inner struggle, wrestling with his desire to be free from sin, but at the same time, finding pleasure in the sin from which he wants to be free. The more he tries to be good or keep the law, the more he becomes a prisoner of his sinful nature. Paul shows that only by understanding and accepting what Christ did, can we truly be free from sin. We are released from death row, free to enter Yah's eternal kingdom. Accept Yah's gift of freedom, freedom from sin, freedom to enter his eternal kingdom, freedom to know Yeshua personally, and freedom from the bondage of guilt, isolation, loneliness, and emptiness. Then get ready to experience joy as you have never known it before. And that, that last sentence right there really got me whenever I was studying this. Be ready to experience joy like you never had before. I spent the entirety of my life in church. I spent the entirety of my life being a believer, right? Is God real? Absolutely. Is Jesus real? Absolutely. But ask me what I was doing to walk that out. Nothing. Nothing. Zero things. At that point, faith was just believing. That was it. That was it. It was just believing. It wasn't even opening the Bible and reading it for myself. Because if I would have opened the Bible and read it for myself, then I would have known that faith is a verb. 
I would have known that there is action that is supposed to be behind that. I would have known about the process of daily sanctification. I would have known all of the things that he said. I would have known what his scripture actually said instead of just what the fairy tale children's book stories were saying or what the priest was saying at mass on Sunday or what my friend's mom was saying whenever I was at her house for a sleepover. You know what I mean? Like I would have had actual knowledge it's like it's like going to school to be a doctor but you never open any of the textbooks yourself like you literally are just hearing little random pieces of conversation as you're moving through college for the next eight years and you just kind of jot down every little random piece that you hear from somebody else whether it's right or wrong and then that's the gospel for you right like so then you go out into the workforce to be a doctor and you're like misdiagnosing everybody you're you're hurting people bad 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 things are happening you're getting sued left and right and then you're like you're just done you're done you're you're unable to continue practicing right you don't have any actual knowledge you don't have anything to actually apply once i started this walk three years ago once I started reading his word my life got 10 times harder because of the attacks like we talked about last week right but the joy the joy that comes from following his ways is absolutely insane I can't I can't describe it to you um I can't accurately explain it but it's you can feel it you can see it you can you can touch it it's, it's there. Like it's, it, that's how real it is. That's, it, it is a real presence in your life. Um, whenever you are truly walking out your faith instead of just like, yep, he's real, I believe. And that being that, right. Um, I guess we'll just have to take my word on that. <laughs> if you have yet to experience the joy that Yeshua brings, uh, I, I suggest you spend five minutes a day in your Bible. And that's the bare minimum, right? Like we're going to talk about that in a minute. Imagine only spending five minutes a day talking to your husband. Is that going to be sufficient? <laughs> Is that going to be sufficient to build a proper relationship with your spouse, right? Like zero people would agree that five minutes a day is good enough, right? Like no, nobody's going to agree to that. Okay. Um, so I'm going to read chapter five that, you know, they put little labels in your Bible and stuff. And this section is literally named faith brings joy. It does. It absolutely does. When you are seeing faith as a verb. Um, so I'm going to read chapter five, verse one through verse 11. Therefore, since we have been made right in Yah's sight by faith, we have peace with Yah because of what Yeshua, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Yeshua has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. I want to, I underlined that and I put little asterisks by it because it is very, very, very important at all times that we remember this is undeserved there's we are saved by grace through faith because it is undeserved there's nothing we can do to save ourselves there's nothing we can no 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 box we can check it doesn't matter how verby you view your faith right doesn't matter how many things you do you're not saving yourself don't get it twisted you will hear me tell you a thousand times that you need to dig into his old testament that you need to dig into his law that you need to reevaluate what you've been taught about sabbath or about his feast days or his commandments you will hear me tell you that a billion times because every single part of that is true however not a single one of those things is what will save you 
you can honor his Sabbath every single week. If you are not understanding and believing and trusting and using your faith in Yeshua as your salvation, you are getting it wrong. Just as wrong as you were getting it before you realized that you were supposed to be doing those things, right? Like whatever false doctrine you've been taught throughout your life, if, if you're following that, you're getting it quote unquote wrong, right? If you go the opposite direction and you start like, we call it uh, being a Torah terrorist, right? Where you're taking the Torah, the first five books of, of scripture, that's called the Torah, right? The books written by Moses. If you're taking those and you're applying that to your life and you're like, this is right, I'm not going to eat bacon and I'm not going to eat shellfish and we're going to honor the Sabbath and we're going to get rid of Christmas and we're going to do Sukkot and all these other feast days and all this stuff. If you're If you're thinking that you're doing those things for your salvation, you're getting it wrong wrong this is undeserved saved by grace through faith please do not get that twisted we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing yah's glory we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us to develop endurance endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly yah loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When you accept that Yahweh's plan is all that matters in your life, when you accept that his plan, no matter what it might be, no matter what terrible, awful, no good, horrible thing happens, when you accept that that was his plan, when you understand and you wrap your mind around the fact that like, while he doesn't create bad things that, that happen, he allows them to happen right? For a reason. When you accept that, there's peace in that. Again, that's another one of those things that is so hard for me to explain. Like, I can't, I, I can't form the words to explain it to you. And maybe I would feel very different if I was in a situation where like a member of my family, one of my children got hurt or something like that. You know what I mean? But like, if I walk into a situation with one of our exes, right? And it doesn't work out the way that I want it to work out. My mindset on that is very, very, very different now than it used to be because he is, he is controlling it. Thing, things that happen are happening because it's his plan. So I can have peace in that. And whenever you have peace, you can have joy. I can understand that he's making things happen the way that he's making them happen because he's trying to teach me something. So then I start looking for that lesson. I start looking for how he is refining my character, what he can teach me and how he can change me. It's the same thing that's that's happened in within my marriage. My marriage changed and stopped being so volatile whenever I stopped trying to pray for Yah to change him and started asking him to change me. Use this situation to change me. Show me where you want me to be different. What am I supposed to be learning from this situation that we're in right now? How am I going to be different? Everything flipped then. Everything changed. And it has been a billion times better than it was ever before. Whenever you can humble yourself to his plan, when you when you can stop feeling like you deserve some sort of situation to work out the way that you want it to work out. 
when you can humble yourself and submit to his will, truly 100% submit to his will, give your entire life. I want you to have my career. I want you to have my marriage. I want you to have my relationships with my children. I want you to have the relationships that I have with my friends. I want you to take every single part of my life and I want you to be the author of my life. I do not want to have any control over it. I am submitting every part of myself to you. When you do that, joy abounds. Again, I can't explain it. You have to just do it. And I promise me, promise you, you will feel it when you do it. When, when we were utterly helpless, Yeshua came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But Yah showed his great love for us by sending Yeshua to die for us while we were all still sinners. And since we have been made right in Yah's sight by the blood of Yeshua, he will certainly save us from Yah's condemnation. For since our friendship with Yah was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So if, if we were saved when we were his enemies and we did not listen to a word that he said and we did not follow him and we did not trust him and we did not humble ourselves to him, how much more saved are we going to be saved? Not like more saved as in you get to be in heaven more, but like how much more grace are we going to get? How much more help are we going to get? How much more abundance? How much more joy? How much more peace are we going to get when we are not his enemies, when we are his friends? When we are spending time in fellowship with him, sorry, that puppy is so cute, but so loud. <laughs> um, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with Yah, because our Lord Yeshua Hamashiach has made us friends of Yah. That goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this. No relationship that you are in is going to be a flourishing, thriving like super healthy relationship if you were spending only five minutes a day. That's it. That's the only thing that you do. Now, don't get me wrong. That is a great starting point, okay? If you're very busy and you feel like you have no time to get in his word, been there. Hello, I have 10 kids and a bunch of different jobs and all kinds of stuff that I'm doing, right? Like I've been there. If you get to a point where you feel like you're too busy and you can't possibly spend any time in his word, spend five minutes. Five minutes, open scripture, read a random spot, five minutes. Do that every single day. And then it's going to build and it's going to change. And it's going to shape how you are behaving. It's going to shape how you are speaking. It's going to, that five minutes is going to get you. It's going to buy you more time because all of a sudden you're going to start realizing that the priority needs to be this time in scripture and you're going to wake up earlier, or you're going to restructure your day, or you're going to just finally realize that it's really not that important if you wash the dishes right this second, right? You're going to stop and you're going to read and you're going to spend time with him and you're going to grow that relationship. Relationship should be the goal that we are all going for. We see it time and time again in scripture, like go and do a word, a word search in, in, in scripture and, and look up the word relationship. Look up the word covenant. Look up how many times it tells us to have this very, very personal, deep connection with Yahweh versus the word religion. Look up the word religion in the Bible. Tell me how many times you find it. 
you won't. You won't. Ah, don't fight. You won't find the word religion because religion is man-made. Now, I'm not saying that that is a bad thing because we we saw what was going on. We saw Yeshua. We saw all of this and we wanted this life. So then we 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 ran with it, right? And just like anything starts off good, doesn't end up good, okay? We've lift, we've listed several examples of that before. Um, but the, the point is we need to focus on relationship and not focus on religion. We need to focus on getting into his word ourselves and learning what he has for us rather than just simply being told by somebody that's standing up on a stage in front of us, somebody that we have put up on a pedestal to have some sort of power and authority over us, right? I, I, maybe I'm one of the the minority, I guess, that feel like they might have like an authority issue. <laughs> any any Anybody that is an authority over me, I am like fearful of. And you know what I mean? Like I can... It's not like an authority issue, like I don't want to listen to people, but like the pastor at my church, he has authority over me, right? He's not supposed to have authority over me. <laughs> He's not supposed to. I let him, right? Like I let that happen. I let I let that be a thing. He's not supposed to have authority over me. Yeah, is supposed to have authority over me. My husband is supposed to have authority over me. That's it. That's it right? Like I'm held accountable by the, the, the people, my fellow believers, my fellow faith is a verbers, people who are actually walking, right? Like I'm, I'm held accountable to them, but nobody other than my husband and my God are supposed to have authority over me, but I have placed other people on a pedestal, right? I placed the priest my entire life on a pedestal. What he says is that's what I'm going to do, right? Like they're my father. They're not my father. Yah is my father. And that's who I'm supposed to listen to. Um, and that's, that's all I have for you guys. So, uh, Amy's going to go ahead and she's going to share her part now and I'm going to mute and I'm going to make lunch for my husband. So <laughs> I appreciate, uh, you guys being on here today and studying with us this early in the morning. Um, I mean, it's not early for you. You're probably a normal person who's listening to this at a normal time, but, um, I hope and pray that this study will touch you today, that you will feel like you can find that extra five to 10 minutes today to go and get in his word and, and focus on that relationship. I love you guys. Tracy, that's so good. Thank you for reading all that, for explaining it, for going through everything. I love the way that you explain things. So when we do the right thing, when we do the right thing, when we don't want to, we're crucifying our flesh. It doesn't always feel good. If life was easy all the time, what would be the point of seeking joy? We have to choose to be joyful every day, all day, because something is going to happen every day that we had to steal that joy away from us. Whether it's you stubbing your toe, your order being made wrong, or a more serious trial that you're going through. You have to have the mindset that we are here because Yahweh has put us here right now in every situation. Our reactions are response and our takeaways from the situation, absolutely not. This is something that takes constant choosing, constant catching ourselves, and how do we do that? The same way you learn anything, practice, practice, practice.
Oh no, my internet's being weird, Tracy said. Hmm. There's not much I can do. <laughs> it's like you're fine and then uh -huh. it freezes and you lose like two or three words and then it's fine again. So I just want to let you know. Um, those of you who are listening, so sorry. Again, we are not some sort of like mass production company. We are three moms sitting on our laptops on a Zoom at four o'clock in the morning. And I'm far from techie. So let me just, yeah, because my this wouldn't even work if my internet wasn't hooked up. So am I still skipping? Or am I good now? Okay, good now. So I can just start over. That's good. So when we do the right thing, when we don't want to, we're crucifying the flesh. It doesn't always feel good. If life was easy all the time, what would be the point of seeking joy? We have to choose to be joyful every day, all day, because something is going to happen every day that is going to try to steal that joy away from you. Whether it's you stubbing your toe, your order being made wrong, or a more serious trial that you're going through, you have to have the mindset that we are here because Yahweh has put us here right now in every situation. Our reactions, our response, and our takeaway from the situation should always point to the most high. Do they always? Absolutely not. This is something that takes constant choosing, constant catching ourselves. and how do we do that? The same way you learn anything. Practice, practice, and more practice. When you start a weight loss journey, <clears throat> you don't just go to the gym and bam, the weight falls off. No, you have to stick to a routine. Even with that, you're going to fall and you have to continuously pick yourself back up again and try again. Our relationship with the father is the same way. I personally get very overstimulated by noise and clutter. Those two things will set me over the edge. Being interrupted by kids every two minutes makes me lose track of what I'm doing. And something that potentially had taken me 30 minutes is now taking me three hours, whether it's the dishes, vacuuming the living room, or anything that's on my daily list. This is something that tries to steal my joy. And my normal first reaction is frustration. I have been trying to retrain my brain to not see this interruption as a frustration, but as an opportunity to spend more time with my children and to teach my child something or just get that hug that they so desperately need. So now, instead of frustration being my first reaction, I stop, I thank Yahweh for this distraction. I remind myself of my purpose. Number one, I am a daughter of Yahweh. Number two, I am a wife to my husband. Number three, I am a mom and a caregiver to children who have been blessed to be in my care. I am so blessed to raise these children. These are important jobs. And without the struggles and hardships I went through raising our first two daughters, I would not be equipped to raise our third daughter in today's world. We all struggle and have to learn things in our own time. Yah was preparing me with each child for the next child. When I'm struggling to do the dishes, I praise Yah that we have food to make those dirty dishes. Because at one point, I was considered malnourished by doctors. And my foster mom had to send food with me on home visits, only to have my birth mom and her friends 
eat it on me. I went through so many foster homes to teach me that I would do my very best to never treat my children as pawns and that I would never put my children in a situation where there was a chance they would end up in a foster home. I had a baby at 17 to teach me what true love was because I was never something I knew. Obviously, it taught me a lot more than that, like graduating early and having to get a job to work for her needs. I have not seen these things this way always. I used to see them only as burdens, struggles, unfair. Why me? Was I not enough to fight for or to love? Seeking the word of Yahweh has shown me why I need to go through these things so I would know how to do my best to protect my girls. Have I saved them from their own trials? Absolutely not. However, they know unconditional love. They have never gone hungry. They have always had a home and they have always had their parents. They know where home is and what it means. And for that, I am extremely grateful. So by reading and seeking our Father Yahweh's word, I have learned to view my trials in a different light. The true joy of Yahweh is us realizing everything he has done for us. If we just focus on the bad and not what Yeshua has done for us, what Yahweh has given us, you will find nothing but anger, bitterness, resentment. But if we look at these lessons taught from each situation to seek the rainbow after the storm, we survive in hope. Romans 5, 3 through 5, shows us just why we should find joy in our not so smooth path of life. When we let him show us the joy that comes from it, we see how much hope there is in Yah. Joy, the word joy appears over a hundred times in the Old Testament in Hebrew, 15 different Hebrew words. For instance, there is Shemach, which means joy, gladness, or mirth. It is derived from, I will butcher these words, y'all. So um, it is derived from samak, which means to rejoice. Simchak appears 93, 93 times in the Old Testament with its first occurrence in Genesis 31, 27. And samak occurs 150 times. Then there is sason, which means exalting or rejoicing. It is derived from the root word sus, which is a verb meaning to exalt or, re or rejoice. Sasun appears 22 times in the Old Testament with its first occurrence in Esther 8.16. Well, sus appears 27 times. All these Hebrew words generally mean to be happy, joyful, and they have a variety of sources. For example, people rejoice in each other. Song of Solomon 1.4. There's quite a few here. Proverbs 5.18, in their children. However, believers found their ultimate source of joy and satisfaction in Yahweh. Proverbs, that's Psalms 32.11. Joy in Greek, there are eight Greek words for joy in the New Testament. 
It appears about 60 times in the New Testament. And it means joy, calm delight, or inner gladness. And rejoice. So there are so many times the Bible tells us about to be joy, to find joy. And Charles Spurgeon said it best. Believers are not dependent upon circumstances. Their joy comes not from what they have, but from what they are. Not from where they are, but from whose they are. Not from what they enjoy, but from which was suffered for them by their Lord. The only difference is their source of joy. There is a joy from the world, which is hollow and fleeting, and joy from God, which brings contentment and everlasting. Biblical at attributes of joy, joy is pre pre prevalent theme in the Bible. So there's so many scriptures on joy. I could never list them all. And um, I just encourage each one of you. What was that? A cool thing to do too, whenever you're doing these word studies for anybody that's listening, Hush is saying that it's like listed in there 60 something times. If you are on eSword or if you are on um, Blue Letter Bible or any of those things like that, it will show you other instances where the same form of that word was used. So you can go and get more of an idea because whenever it's, again, the Bible was not written in English. It was written in Hebrew or it was written in Aramaic, right? And then it was translated to these other languages and then it was translated. So like if it was written in Hebrew, then it was translated into Aramaic and then it was translated from Aramaic into English and things get lost in translation, right? So like the word that we use is joy. Joy means right. joy, means joy. That's super easy to understand, right? But like the actual word that was used for them meant something different, right? Like it was it means more. It, it Their language is more robust. Each word has a fuller picture that it's going to tell you. So if you're looking at all the times the word joy is used and you're going and you click on, you know, this Strong's number for the word joy, it'll show you how many times where it was used in scripture. So you can get a better idea. You can use your context clues to see what it is that he's trying to tell you to have at that point, because it's probably different than just like, have joy, be happy that the world is raining down on top of your head and you feel like you're drowning. Right. <laughs> it's not what it means. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and I just thought it was so neat that there was, yes, there's 15 different Hebrew rooms, Hebrew words. There's how many different Greek words that mean kind of the same thing that all of these words would not be in the Bible this many times if they weren't that important. So it's important for us to go and look them up and see what they mean and how Yah wants us to use them. And this has been my journey on this scripture. And I hope y'all enjoyed it. <laughs> So we're going to send you over to Amanda and see what she's got to say and how many times we're going to cry today because she's so good. <laughs> Tracy got me to cry once already. So yeah. let's see how this goes. <laughs> um, I did it a little bit differently than you guys, but that seems to be the norm here. But all right. I am a pessimist. My brain is wired itself for the worst case scenarios to replay bad or embarrassing times over and over in my head triggering my anxiety and depression. 
So for me, finding joy when the kids are loud and fighting nonstop or when my husband truck, husband's truck needs work, causing a financial setback, or when I don't have enough money for groceries, or when I lost my mother-in-law to cancer. My mind doesn't find the joy, it finds the pain. I have to actively force myself to find anything, some sliver of joy, and the joy I find might not look like that little joy character off the kid's movie Inside Out. My joy may look more like the little sadness character, and I know that contradicts itself, but let me explain. In those times, when my kids are nonstop fighting, yelling, name-calling, when I can no longer be slow to anger and drop an F-bomb in frustration. But joy, these three kids are alive and healthy. They have opinions and live in a home where they know they don't have to be afraid to say what's on their minds. But joy, I know they will forgive me for being human and losing my temper. My husband's truck needing constant maintenance, but joy, we have the money to fix these things that happen. My husband is gone all the time and he puts on an average of 3,000 miles a week on his truck. That's why it needs repairs so often. But joy, he is a hard worker. He does his best to provide for his family. And but joy, he gets to do a job that he loves and is the fourth generation of doing it. The times when money is really tight and I can't buy all the fun stuff at the grocery store and having to tell my kids no to the sweets. Side note, who thought it was a good idea to put candy within children's reads at the checkout line? We need to have a talk about that one, like why? Anyways, but joy, I have enough money for what I need. God will always provide for our needs. But joy, my kids are old enough to understand or to think ahead to bring their own money. Now, this one I still struggle with, and it may be a daily battle for me. You see, my relationship with my mother-in-law was not your typical one. We ran a daycare together for 10 years. For 10 years, we spent almost every day together. She was there to babysit whenever. We both enjoyed making things, and I would get an idea and go, hey, Pat, how do I do this? And she would help me make an idea a reality. She was my best friend. We retired from daycare, making plans to open a little shop to sell things we make. But that plan never happened. Shortly after we closed doors, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and it moved fast. But Joy, it happened during the pandemic, so we got to spend as much more time with her since no one could go anywhere. Then she kept getting worse and the cancer spread. I drove her to her appointments. I washed her hair in the sink when her arms became too weak to do it. I even had to cut her hair. Her long black locks were so special to her. But Joy, she trusted me to do it. y'all. Okay. As she got worse, I was there more. I held her up so she could sit up for five minutes a day holding up all her weight just so she could sit up straight. I did things I pray my children will never have to do for me. But Joy, she felt comfortable enough with me in those uncomfortable moments. Then she would refuse taking her pills to help with the pain. But Joy, she would take them from me. 
when she was about gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> when she was about gone, and we knew we didn't have much time left. But Joy, I got to say goodbye and thank her for everything she did for me. Thank her for her friendship. And did I look after my angel babies in heaven? She couldn't get out of babysitting that easy. <laughs> but Joy, I will get to see her again. And but Joy, she's part of my testimony. I know finding Joy is hard, but Joy can look different. Joy can be the last breath you take to be with our Heavenly Father. That's it. Well, and we're all crying again. Look, even the puppy is crying. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's it. That's exactly what he has for us. That's ex that's exactly the joy and the peace and the gift, the gift that there is in suffering, right? Like, obviously, Amanda losing her best friend, her mother-in-law, her, her matriarch of her family, right? Like, clearly, that is a struggle. Clearly, that is not a good thing in and of itself. But she was able to stop and she was able to find all of those joyful moments. She was able to be the joy and the peace for her mother-in-law because she understood what it was that Yah was trying to do, right? She might not have been able to understand it like like in her mind and like, oh, this is all happening for a reason and Yah wants me to do this, right? Like she might not have been able to grasp that at the time that it's happening, but she didn't fight against it. She She was seeking out that joy. She was seeking out those moments of joy in this awful, terrible, no good situation. And she was being the joy for somebody else, right? And then how much better of a person is Amanda now because of the struggle and the strife and the the hardship that was losing her, right? What did what did you learn during that time that has changed you to be who you are today, right? Like I for one, I know, I know I didn't know you before your mother-in-law, right? But I know that you are one of the kindest people I have ever met in my entire life. And just listening to you share this today, I can bet I'd bet a whole kid, like a whole entire kid on the fact that that, that woman shaped you into who you are now, right? That experience being around her, living her legacy, right? Like, like carrying her out into the world after she is gone. That is why you are the kind person that you are. Without a doubt. I can see that as clear as day, right? Like that, that is something that is worth it. That is that joy. That is that peace. That is, I don't know why your camera is zooming in and out, but it's no, no. <laughs> Again, things that you can't see that we have to like yeah. <laughs> endure while we're doing this. Um, thank you very much for sharing that, Amanda. Yeah. And, you know, but Joy, this was very um, cathartic to write. It, it helped me move another stage, you know, in the grieving process because she may have passed two years ago but there's not a single day that doesn't go by where something doesn't trigger her memory so yeah. well in the in the fast-paced world that we live in now you don't have the time to sit and grieve and go through that process. 
you don't you don't have that luxury to be able to sit process the loss of somebody that was so important and so um influential in your life you don't we're not blessed with the time to be able to sit and do that so he's using this study he's using this opportunity for you to get a little bit more of that done and i i am so thankful so i think he's been doing that with every one of our studies that's why we're crying every single time (laughs) right and this is what we mean by like getting in his word and and realizing that all of these things, even from our past, from me, you know, even from my childhood, it's like there was a reason behind this. And we have to accept that it's his will that we go through these things so that we have some there's some sort of lesson in it. There really is. They're not fun to go through. They suck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's a reason and he molds us and shapes us to be the children that he's always known that we are right and but this he is how he teaches us yeah sorry it's our choice to actively go there we have to because just as easy as it is for um well i should say it's just as hard as it is to try and go to god during these times it is just as easy if not easier to go the other direction you yeah. know at that moment in time i did not see these joys in it and i hadn't smoked for years and i started smoking again i couldn't handle it and it i did things where i had to shut down to give her the help that she needed i was not uh, i'm not in the medical field i don't know anything about it i was told this is how you do it do it I did it. I had to shut down. And that later, after she passed, caused all kind of mental trauma and damage that I had to later come with. And it it tore me apart. But joy, I found Tracy. And from there, led me down a road to God and saved me from myself. So, but joy. But joy. (laughs) I love that. Ah, she got me crying again, all over again. She's just not going to be allowed to talk anymore. It's going to be a pretty face sitting on the camera. Yeah, so yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, me for a year to come on here and then tell me to shut <laughs> up. <laughs> can't help it. I can't help it. All right, guys. Well, I, I hope that... Um, I hope this was as meaningful for you as it was for us. I hope that you were able to hear his words, right? You're able to get into his scripture today, and then you're able to clearly and easily see how to apply it to your life. I promise, again, can't describe it, but I promise whenever you stop fighting against this and you embrace it for what it is and you seek these moments you seek what it is he's trying to teach you you seek how to apply it to your life it becomes so much easier so much easier <laughs> so 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 much easier and then before you know it you're on fire for him and you're wanting to spend 90% of your day with him in his presence right like you're finding the ways to um like li- listening to worship music as you're driving the kids to school praying out loud as you're driving the kids to school, Um, coming home from school drop-off and spending 20 minutes reading scripture, Uh, putting on a podcast that is helping you to do another Bible study, 
those those things, those ways, you're going to start seeking out those actions that are going to help you uh, live out the fact that faith is a verb. And then everything is going to change for you. But then you have to keep doing it because I promise just as easily as it, just as easily as it like, and again, it's not easy. It's like a, it's a hard thing that happens, but just as quickly as it all comes together and the puzzle fits together, um, the enemy comes and shakes all the puzzle pieces on the floor. That's where I'm at right now. The enemy has shaken all the puzzle pieces on the floor and I'm over here scrambling, trying to pick them back up. I was there. I've already, I've already experienced what happens whenever you put your all into building this relationship with Yah. I have seen the joy. I have felt, I have tasted the peace. It has been there. And then the enemy has come and shaken it all out for me. So now I gotta, I gotta re-get there, right? So it's, be mindful of that. I swore I was never gonna let it happen. And then it happened. So be mindful of that. Remember at all times, faith is a verb. We love you guys. enjoyed this episode don't forget to join in on the conversation in the comments let us know your thoughts your takeaways or even offer up some suggestions for future episodes if you're enjoying our time of study together please tell your friends about it so we can study with them too you can always screenshot this episode and post it into your socials don't forget to check the show notes for any resources that we included in today's episode may yahweh the elohim of abraham isaac and jacob bless you today and all of your days Music